This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Pangarang and the Turtle people. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and the modern Australian nation has never come to terms with what was done to Indigenous people following European arrival. Well may we say, God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. You know I've searched my heart too. Better ways to push and pull. Hey, whatever gets you through these days. Hello, and welcome to Well May We Say, a progressive podcast about Australian politics. This is episode 146 for Friday, 30th of April 2021. I'm Jeremy Siapirko, and each week I'll be joined by a different guest host to help me discuss what's just been happening to the country, what's likely to happen, and hopefully what we can do about it. Tonight's guest host is a returning guest host, it's Nick Carr. Welcome back, Nick. Hey, Jeremy, how you going? Uh, my, my plan was to record the podcast during the sleep window of the children. Uh, I've managed <laughs> one, one of them asleep, and the other one woke up just before we started recording. So... There may well be, in the background, noises of somebody playing with a rocket, <laughs> or potentially, if I become desperate, octonauts. Octonauts. That's fine. I don't mind listening to a bit of octonauts while I talk politics. That's not a problem at all. Yeah, no, no. I mean, a creature report can certainly be made about many of the things we're going to talk about tonight. Creature report. Creature report. Creature report. <laughs> so, do we, do we want to start with the weird one from this week? Because, look, I concede April was not a good podcast recording month. Turn up. Um, and thank you to everybody for continuing to support the podcast, notwithstanding our failings in that regard. Well, luckily, luckily, nothing's really happened in April. It's been a pretty quiet month. Nothing's really going on. It hasn't been a particularly inspiring month for discussion. No. I mean, the thing that's just happened was, I think, is worthy of some discussion because it's a bit of a weird departure from usual, which is that normally you don't, you know, the private religious beliefs of a, of a politician are their own business. And we don't have mm. a national religion and we don't have a national non-religion, although... You know, there's a significant part of uh, the Australian politics that the political landscape that thinks that we should be a, a religious nation, and that uh, the uh, prayer that opens every day of Parliament is just the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, we've now got a Prime Minister who is not just overt about. I mean, they've all been overt about their religious inclinations. Even, even Gillard, her lack of yeah. religious inclinations, for which she got widely smashed by the Conservative press. Mm, gotta love that. But. I mean, I feel like the scummo situation is different. Well, it is because it is part of a strategic plan that a religious organisation is intentionally enacting to get their own way. Like, they are trying to stack the deck. They're trying to get as many members in Parliament as they can because, like you say, like, like the, the, the starting prayer is just the beginning for them. It's not enough. They want complete control. And, and they are playing the long game. Like, they are fine to play the long game. They don't mind that it might take a while. So do we, are we drawing a link between... So we've had the... It's been a good month for the ACL, um, the Australian, put quotes around it, Christian lobby um, that mm. represent not Australian Christians. They represent basically the bigoted corner of, of uh, various religious... They're, they're the bigot, mm. bigot religious lobby. They're not, they don't represent progressive Christians. They don't represent Christians who care about... You know the poor or refugees, yeah. <laughs> like they are very right wing and they don't give a shit about those things. So I, I suspect yeah. that they think that those parts of the Bible were a typo, or they've yeah. like ripped them out. Rip, shred, tear, rip it out! I 
want to hear nothing but ripping. Like, was there, was there a scene? <laughs> Martin Isles, uh, who had this free, free, who's the current director of the ACL after um, old friend Lyle Shelton left. Mm. And, and, you know, Lyle can be friends with whichever Nazis he wants to be. That's, that's between him and the Nazis. But <laughs> Martin is a little bit more cunning than Lyle. Mm. And he went through their, he said, like, they, they, did they call it like the Lock and Macquarie Fellowship or something? They, they've got their Human Rights Law Alliance thing, which is, it sounds like human, human rights law alliance is a great thing, but what it is is a, a, a legal team that they have on hand to fight for religious privilege at the expense of ordinary people. Like it's mm. just, it's not for human rights, it's for it's a religious rights law alliance, if anything, and by rights we mean massive privileges. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was connected to that, but he's he's basically gone through their training thing. And I think they did name it after Lachlan Macquarie, being the that New South Wales governor who, um, you know, did a lot of uh, massacring of Indigenous people. Mm. So it, like, Macquarie is one of one of our nation's greatest monsters, and uh, it's lovely that they've named their thing after it. But it's a good, you know, th- fuck you to lefties. I suppose. Yeah. It's it's great. It's great that people like that get remembered. And the reason we're talking about him is that he got a freebie on Quanda. Yeah. If anybody. Oh. So the, the ABC gave him this free free kick to go up there and and give his whole. You know, we don't hate anybody. We just you know believe in right. But moments after they just had a Christian conference before the one that Scummo's just talked to, been at this week, mm. where they were up there quite overtly saying, "Look, we haven't got the power yet." We need to get more power before we can implement the sort of things that we want to do. Like they're quite yeah. overt about what they want to do. Yeah, there's not. They're not hiding it. There's no. Yeah, like there's not. They don't have to keep it. Like it's not a secret society where they're, it's all in robes and they're talking about it in hush whispers. They're like overtly going, "No, this is what we want. This is our plan. We want yeah. control. We want to be able to discriminate against you know LGBTQI people. We want to be able to to be horrible. We're telling you straight up that we're doing it, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to say horrific things in a reasonable voice, and you're all going to sit there quietly while we let while you let it happen. Like that's yeah. And and I get so mad like watching that on. I mean, I only saw bits of it on Q and A, and this idea that it's some sort of false equivalency that to, you know that stops them getting accused of bias when they have people like that on. It's it's so. Like, it makes it really hard to defend the ABC, but that's also what they want. They want us to stop defending, you know, they want us to get mad at the ABC so they can also defund it. Like, that's part of the plan as well. Getting people yeah. like that on there so that we get mad at as, as, as much as the conservatives do, so then they've got great reason to shut it down. Yeah. And then we've got no public broadcaster. Because the, AB- the ABC doesn't seem to grasp that they need some defenders. Yeah. Yeah. If, if if they pander to the right who just wants them destroyed to the extent they do then the lefties go well fuck it you know you're useless at this point anyway yeah yeah who cares yeah we, we get up we give up and get lazy and then uh yeah and they've got no friends they obviously have got no friends it doesn't matter what they do they're gonna get shit on like, well unless they were actually the organization that we i mean i don't need them to be a lefty organization no. i would be perfectly happy with them being a neutral centrist organization the problem is that like the right is so far right now that centrism sounds like they can't hold anyone to account without being accused of bias they they're yeah. a beaten dog and they will now and they far from being neutral they they bend over backwards to pander to the people who you know want to do them harm they want to do all of us harm but but even from the abc's selfish position they, they want to do the abc harm so it's really dumb it's not like yeah it's like if you want to exist you can't give no. these people what they want because fundamentally what they want is for you to die yeah, for you like, to go away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. And it's and it doesn't like I, I mentioned this to you when we were speaking the other night, Jeremy. That then uh, on the week after that episode with um, the ACL guy, you know, they had uh, Sarah Hanson Young on there, and then a bunch of other panelists. Uh, they had the the uh, liberal uh, was he the energy minister? I can't, I can't remember who he was at this, time. but 
they were all firing off like everyone was kind of having a go at him and they had this other gas guy on there who was an advisor for Obama or whatever who's leading apparently Morrison's put him in charge of leading the gas recovery and so they're copping like harsh questions on you know do we need do we really need a, a you know gas led recovery is it actually going to do the things we need it to do gas is basically you know there's no way that you could actually make it cheap enough for it to be useful in long term well, that's going on. The next thing you know, Hamish interrupts. Oh, one of the questioners or something. I think maybe it was just Hamish himself um, interrupts with uh, then asking Sarah Hansen Young, "Do the Greens feel responsible for not voting uh, for voting with uh, Tony Abbott? Like, what was it <laughs> ten years ago now? Two thousand and yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my god, like, why does that need to come up? That's not relevant. That's not relevant now. We're so far past that point in time. That said, if the Greens can't don't have a quick response to that now, which is basically two sentences to the effect of, no, we don't feel guilty. It was a shit plan, and we got a much better one a year later. <laughs> so it, it immediate that response immediately crushes the whole. Oh, you make the let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And you're like, no, no, we got a decent policy a year later. Yeah. Um, which we wouldn't have got if if we'd voted for that garbage. Yeah. And then when they come back and they say, ah, but you. Your policy didn't last. She's like, well, hang on. We're not responsible for the fact that Gillard has completely screwed up the politics of it yeah, by yeah. a just before the election promising not to bring in a carbon tax, and then after the election ceding that what what she'd done was a carbon tax. Like yeah. <laughs> the, the ALP murdered their own po- murdered the policy, and yeah. stuffed it up. Now whether that was, I, I you know, we like to believe that that's incompetence rather than deliberate, but you know. <laughs> In any case, the point of the Greens, we advocated for better policy. We got better policy. It is not our fault that we don't have enough seats in the parliament in this particular system that we were able to, you know, effectively drown out the the bullshit coming from the libs when Labor just sort of rolled over and and, and yeah, you know, took the head, dribbled yeah. dribbled in a corner. Yeah. Yep. No. You would think that the, I don't know how the Greens responded to it, but they need a punchy response to that. They, they yeah, need- no, it it wasn't. So you know, she yeah, she again tried to. Yeah, she ummed it out a little bit and then sort of, yeah, tried to, exp- like, went into try and explain it a long way. Like you say, it just needs to be, like, but again, didn't sort of point out, or maybe she did sort of point out eventually that it led to a better option overall, but she started talking about the the reason why they didn't vote for that, the why they voted with Abbott. Like, they, she started digging too much into that and why they made that decision and not just, uh. we thought it was a shit plan. We opted for, we knew if we voted that down, we'd get a better one later. Like you say, yeah. just short and sharp. Nice and easy. Because as soon as you start talking particulars or anything like that, it just opens everyone up to come and slam them, you know, saying they're all lefty, crazy people. Like you say, they cop the argument uh, that, um, you know, the enemy of the, you know, because they're not, you know, it's not the perfect plan, then they fucking throw it away. It's um, Yeah. Like they need to be, they need to be, like the, the, the attack on the ETS thing is not based on whether it was a good plan or not. The idea is, mm. the attack is, it was something and you voted against something, you idiots. Now, the Greens could try and argue, no, it was actually a step backwards, which is the point they need to make, but they need to move very quickly on to the much better point for killing that argument, which is we got a better one a year later. Or it was yep. two years later. Whichever one it was always. We got a better plan. We got a much better one that actually worked. All the data shows it was working. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know, Jeremy. I don't know. Watching that Greens thing and all that, it just makes me feel like I haven't actually gone back and watched um, that ACL episode with uh, Martin Niles, but... Um, uh, you know, you, sorry, I, got, I got us off track. You brought it up for a reason. Uh, sorry, uh, what were you saying about the ACL? Oh, okay. So the connection to this, and I do, I actually want to dig back and fire uh, the bits from about a month. I'm sure we talked about it at the time, but where they did have that conference where they were blatantly saying, you know, 
they basically laid out their evil plan. It was like they had Australia strapped to a table with a laser sliding towards our, our groins. And they're like, well, I'm about, you're about to die. <laughs> so what difference does it make if I tell you my evil plan? Since you're all going to die anyway, why not tell you? His name is... <laughs> um, and that was Martin Niles and a bunch of the people from the, the, the ACL. Uh, I, I know when I went Googling for it just now to try and try and dig that back up, hmm. and they, there's a review from eternitynews.com.au. Of, uh, and, and, you know, if you're getting Legitimate a, news source, yeah, clearly. totally neutral. And their headline is, Martin Niles gets good reviews after a tough night on Q&A. Whoa. And they quote... Yeah, part of by the way, because I get I get the ACL emails because you know better to know what your enemy's up to. But they and this podcast is not I about. I still don't know why you do that to yourself. I I, I understand your logic, like to, to see what they're saying, but man, that must be just upsetting every time you get them. Oh, it is. I, I also get the horrible hurt. ones from Curly Smith at by uh, the, the you know what they turned the. Um, anti-marriage equality thing into this anti-trans lobby called binary and they, they've been having a big mm. week because oh, you, yeah. you know how martin so god we keep getting off track the, the relevance of the, this the long walk here is getting up so <laughs> it's a scummo basically announcing how, how this is still what he's doing when people thought i was just giving someone a hug and i was praying and putting my hands on people in various places laying hands on them and praying in various situations so the actual prime minister, which is why it's you know not this is not just the ACL shoot is not just they're just not just fringe people. Um, they're getting a free they, so they got a free quick kick mm. on Q and A, and like they they write see they they have their answers ready. So Sarah, I'm not quite sure that the uh, rolling of the fire truck noise in the background from Vin sitting next to the microphone with the fire truck is all that helpful. But you know Sarah, watch how quick how Martin has mm. workshopped within an inch of its life his response to things like like the Israel Folau thing. So they have their line. And their line is, yes, he be- he said that Christian, you know, that he, he believes that uh, gay people are going to uh, face judgment, which Christians understand meaning it means hell. But you know, if you're going to imprison us, for, if you're going to punish us and sack us for saying that, well, you'd have to sack every Christian because we all believe the same things. Now, first of all, fuck you, Matt Niles. You don't speak for all Christians, and there are plenty of people who are Christians who do not believe that gay people are going to hell. Hey. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Fuck you. I think that there are plenty of gay Christians, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, piss off. And also the Falau thing now, because that was the other thing too. Because when when so his response to the Falau thing was to to minimise what he actually said, which is what he actually tweeted. But like he did, you'll note when he's defending it, he doesn't do a direct quote. He he paraphrases it himself. Yeah. Mm. By the way, there, there's a, the, the quote in the review in Eternity News is like, "There was loud applause from the Q and A studio audience. Audience louder, louder applause than I expected, and there was applause from me in my lounge room as well. <laughs> but more significantly, I think the Heavenly Father would have been pleased. Anyway, Ugh. there's a reason why Martin got quite a nice reaction from the audience. Oh, did he stack the deck? Yeah, yeah. No, there's some fun. What I was saying about the emails from from the ACL. Like, they proudly sent to their followers shots of them in the audience that they had stacked outside beforehand. They bust in an audience. Mm. So the audience for Q&A were, were Martin's type, Martin's people. Yeah, Martin's friends. Uh, like, there was a, that's, that's why they got that reaction. Mm. Yeah, to try and make it seem like the less... You know, if you, even if you're a fringe mob, if you can get that many people in a room with a, with TV, um, you know, with a TV audience, you can probably, particularly during the time of COVID, your, your tiny, your fringe group can seem much more credible. Ah. Oh. Jeremy, trust me, I'm a comedian. If you've got a room with good acoustics and you get ten people in there on your side, like, yeah, yeah, anyone can sound great. Like, you know, you don't need that many people in a room with good acoustics, like a like a TV studio, to uh, to absolutely make it sound like a much bigger deal than it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. We're not getting any responses now from the audience that I've packed in here, being a two year old and a three year old. 
they're not. I don't think they're appreciating anything that we're. You're not interested in any of this content, no. no. no I, I believe they want more fire truck talk. <laughs> Martin has a response for for everything that's been heavily workshopped, um, and and Sarah needs to to do more of that. And the the le- the supposed lefties. This is the problem. Like we don't get to pick actual progressives for the to, to counter this nonsense. No. So nobody stood up there and said that this is. A, hang on, this is a problem. Not, not that it's not that he believes this shit. It's that. You know, if there were Christians in the fifties who believed that that mixed race couples were a sin, like, but if they were, if somebody prominent is out there declaring that mm. and and basically encouraging hatred against, you know, whoever the the conservative religious nemesis of the day is, then that causes harm. Yeah, and that and there should be legal consequences of that. But instead of that, you had somebody go, well, it wasn't the problem there that he had a contract that said he wasn't supposed to do that. Mm. Because, like, the lefty position in response to Israel Folau should be, yeah, yeah, employers should have more power to control your speech. That is not the no, lefty position. That's absolutely not the lefty position. <laughs> Any lefty whose response to the Folau thing is, but his employer told him that, and we, we on the left are big fans of employers telling employees what to do. What are you <laughs> doing, you idiots? That is not the line. No, yeah, absolutely the wrong line. Anyway, so, so there was that. And I, 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 I'm not going to go googling now to dig back to the the, the, the them plotting um, a month ago, whatever, um, at that conference in Melbourne. But anyway, so Scummo is up at the uh, at a at a fundamentalist conference on in in Brisbane uh, last weekend, mm. uh, and you saw the you saw did did you have you read his deranged rambling speech? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It may be very upset. <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the, with the eagle soaring. We were speaking at a rally that day and we had to go and hold somewhere, as you, we often do before we go to the next event. And uh, I must admit, I was saying to myself, you know what? Where are you? <laughs> Where are you? I'd like a reminder, if that's okay. <laughs> and... So I walk in, so I didn't know I was supposed to be at Ken's gallery. And Ken's, Ken's, Ken's a great Christian guy, as you all know. And I walked into his gallery, and there, right in front of me, was the biggest picture of a soaring eagle that I could imagine. And of course, the verse hit me that soaring wings of an eagle, run and do not grow weary, walk and not go far. But the message I got that day was, Scott, you've got to run to not grow period. You've got to walk to not grow faint. You've got to spread your wings like an eagle to soar like an eagle. So I hope those few things encourage you. And the, yeah, the, the very, he really does have a huge Messiah complex. Like, he genuinely, like, that's the scary part, that he genuinely believes that he, God has anointed him to be the leader because he's the mm. chosen one sort of thing. But you'd think if he was the chosen one, he would have gotten a little more done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's got plenty of evil shit. No, yeah, true. That's fair enough. That's a good point. Yeah. And of course, the verse, like, <laughs> there's a verse that, all, that they will all know that's about a soaring eagle. Yeah. Scott, you've got to run to not grow weary. You've got to walk to not grow faint. You've got to spread your wings like an eagle to soar like an eagle. Mm, insane. 
Jesus. <laughs> like, it's, his speech is a, a deranged word salad, and, like, it's mm. just... It's, it's embarrassing, actually, coming from Prime Minister. You're taking out the religious content for a second. It's kind of like, you know, I'm here with Stewie. My mate Stewie's here tonight. Brother Stewie. Oh, sorry, not mate Stewie. Brother Stewie. Mm. It's being Stuart Roberts. And it's wonderful to have him there uh, joining our, our band of, of Christian believers in, in Canberra, joining together regularly. And there's many more of us, I can assure you, from all different denominations, um, providing encouragement and fellowship to each other. It's, it's basically, can I, can I get a shout out for the Lord? Yeah! <laughs> can I also um, give God some glory tonight? Just ridiculous. Yep. And then he's got all of this stuff, this sort of stuff about, about so what he hates is his big thing, like his message is that the church community should be expanding, i.e. go out and you know build a cult. Mm. And he, but he, when he, talk, he talks about communities as, as opposed to government, as if well, when he says community, he just means the religious communities. You can tell that because he's, his big bet why, the big enemy that he hates, is identity politics, mm. which, of course, is the right-wing expression for you know any marginalised group. Yeah, speaking up for themselves. Forming, <laughs> you know, collecting together amongst other people. Of ex- yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then being able to actually be effective in advocating for change. Mm-hmm. There's some threats to this. I want to share with you. There is a fashion these days to not think of Australians as individuals. There is, particularly, I think, amongst our young people, and I worry about this. People think of themselves, it's called identity politics. They think of themselves by the things they can describe and collect them with others. These are important things. One's ancestry. One's gender, where one's from. If you're from the Shire, well, that's great. You're starting ahead of everybody else. As they say, prayer in the Shire is a local call. It's Cronulla for those of you who are not familiar with what you're referring to. But there is a tendency for people not to see themselves and value themselves in their own right as individuals. And to see themselves only defined by some group. And to get lost in that group. And you know, when you do that, you lose your humanity. Us religious people, we should form communities. But you, you people that we dismiss as being identity politics, it's wrong. In fact, you're the great Satan. It's the Satan on the internet that's, uh, you know, the evil one, he called him. Those weapons can also be used by the evil one. The evil one. We've got a prime minister yeah. who talks. You know, anybody who's criticizing yeah, him is one. the evil one. It's creepy. Yep. Yep. That's it. It's it's fucking fantasy shit, and it's very upsetting that the person in charge of the country, like genuinely, that's the way his brain works. Like that's how he. Like that. That's what it shows me. He's, he's making decisions because he thinks the devil is trying to. Tr- like that's he thinks the devil's at play in in organizing our country. Like that's crazy shit. That's just really deranged stuff. Like that is not. That's not what you want someone who's trying to make rational decisions on how to best organise our resources to take care of the country when you're factoring in what he thinks the demons and angels are at play. You know, when he thinks that there's demon and angels in play. It's insane. Also, like, if you look at what Scummo has done as Prime Minister, or in, as including his time and his time as a minister before that, he's dragged refugees out to sea. Does he honestly believe that God wants that? Mm-hmm. Recently, he has... Chucked everyone, or chucked the poor on a on half the poverty line. Um, Sarah Hansen Young had a thing today. Uh, we should quoting some figures from the um, the Guardian. They put together of rentals in the 
around Australia, basically, and there's literally nowhere in the middle in in, the, in a capital city that you can live on. Uh, you can that your income is even enough, even if you didn't have to pay for food or anything yeah. else on New Start. It's like zero, and if you're on the disability support pension, i.e., you're disabled. Mm. Like even on their perverse thing, the idea where they think that you know if, if only people worked a bit harder, they could make something of themselves. Like people who genuinely cannot even, even can't live. even make the argument yeah. that they can. No. They like there there, there is one percent of houses in Brisbane. Yeah, and that's it. That's- yeah, there was like three or something in Brizzy, yeah. Like, and this this is stuff, again, this is deliberately what Scummy's done. He halved, he, he halved um, Newstart. Yeah. Like, he put half the poverty line. It was just over the poverty line, mm-hmm. or he reached the poverty line, and then, now he, and then, you know, last month, he at the start of this month, he halved it. He cut them half. Like, that's, does he genuinely, like, what kind of, it's not just that he's religious, it's that his religion is bizarre. Yeah. His religion is refugees are invading monsters who need to be dragged to sea. It's absolutely fine to chuck, to, you know, have the, 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 the Biloela kids spending their entire young lives in fucking prison. Mm. That's fine, according to his religion. Yeah. Like, these aren't things that he hasn't been able to change as Prime Minister that, because the system's in place and it's very hard to change. These are all things that he has specifically changed the system to do. Mm. Yep. And, like, what all he's done is give tax cuts to the rich. Mm. And that and that is part, like, that is also, again, within his beliefs, that's that prosperity doctrine stuff where it is a genuine belief that, like, the, the lucky people, the people who are prospering are prospering because they're the ones that God loved. So, like, it is, like, the, 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 the other way of looking at that is the people from other countries, you know, people like coming over, people refugees, because they're they're in need, because they're unlucky, because they haven't been as lucky as us, the the idea to his head is because they don't deserve that like God doesn't want them to have those things. Like God wants his prosperous mates to have get better things. Like he doesn't want God like his God doesn't want to help the poor. Yeah, which ma- makes his religion a, a truly damaging thing. It's mm. not just that he has a religion, that's that his religion is my mates should get whatever my mates and my my religious mates, we, we should get all the privileges and power and wealth and resources and everything yep my my lot mob should get everything and fuck you all yep which is not you know for whatever faults there are in religions and people believing there's different ways to their own god religions generally at least try to portray themselves as, as caring about the vulnerable mm. and and as far as Scott's concerned, his religion's only interest in the vulnerable is as an excuse to give more power and resources to religious organisations. So yeah. he's more than happy to be like, well, we should have more religious schools and more religious hospitals and, and you know, more religious charities. And, and, and insofar as... Well, because, this, hang on, I think he quoted, this is part of his speech, the idea that it's evil to have charity. If it's not part of his speech, it's, part, it's connected to the people he was quoting, but... The idea they believe that if you take away the um, voluntary nature of charity, so if the if it's not up to the people with stuff to to deign to help the poor, if it's simply a system that protects the poor that we all mm. contribute to, but we don't have the choice of going no fuck that poor person. Yeah. If we don't have the choice of going fuck that poor person, then it's then it's not a choice. It's not a moral choice that any individual is making, and therefore it's immoral and evil. Like they genuinely think that. You know, a social safety net is evil because it doesn't give any role for people to go, I will choose to help that person or not. Jesus. Like, that is, a, that is to them not a bug, it's a feature of the yeah, system. Yeah, it's what it's The fact for. that yeah. religious organisations, you know, the more they starve people, the more, more that gets chucked into it. Well, you need to, you know, 
We need to have appeals. You know, the churches need to have donations. You need to put money in the collection plate. Not, not that you know his church. That whatever. What's his church? The, the is it Horizons or something? Yeah, that, yeah. He's not Hillsong. He's an associated one. Yeah. I think it's like a ride song. Whatever the Shire Church is, he's part of. Yep. Like they do not give much to the poor. So in in so far as it's a moral choice to help the poor or not, none of none of his churches or mates like. Yeah. Pass that test. If either. any of the money that gets donated through that church gets to the poor, it's a very small percentage compared to what they shave off the top. That's for sure. Those mega churches don't pay for you know, like yeah. Even if it's not going to you know your Brian Houston's and so forth, it's going to promoting themselves. Yeah, that's God's work. God's work is using this money to build their influence and power so they can get more money. Mm-hmm. But for God, yeah, for the glory of God, yep, to spread the good word to save people. Yeah, their God's a sociopath. Their God is like all about. I want. I demand that you guys give me more glory. You guys worship me. You keep talking how great I am. I am really, really insecure. I created the universe. Mm. I am all powerful. I am all knowing. Really insecure. Yeah. <laughs> Please love me. Yeah. Please tell me how great I am. Yeah. I need to hear. If it. you waver for even a second, you um, are dead to me, and you go to hell. <laughs> you go to hell and you die. Yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? And then what was his other? Th- the other revelation from Scummo was. He was basically assaulting people. The bit where oh, he was talking yeah. about how when he was going around to the all the evacuation centres yeah. and laying hands on people, he was surreptitiously, without them knowing, doing a bit of laying of hands and praying for mm, them. Yeah. For the Lord. He was trying to bring them to the level. Oh. When people thought I was just giving someone a hug and I was praying. And putting my hands on people in various places, laying hands on them and praying in various situations. Like, that's Creepy that you did not have their consent for that. Shit. No, and it adds a whole nother layer of uh, you know creep to the, that, that, those videos from Coburg, like where he's trying to shake that young girl's hand. Like if that's what he was trying to do, on top of everything else, <laughs> off in the bushfires. Yeah, during the bushfires. If he's yeah, if he's uh, if he was trying to lay hands on her. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like she didn't want to shake my hand. She must be possessed by demons. I shall drive them out. <laughs> I shall destroy them with my prayers. I shall burn them with my holy cross. With my holy cross. No, my hands. I can't you get out the holy cross. I've yeah. got to conceal it for a bit Yeah, longer. that's it. Guess I'll continue to do nothing to actually help their community and just let the rest of it burn because they deserve it. Yeah. Mm. You know, God helps those who help themselves. Mm. I'm sure that's in the Bible somewhere. <laughs> it isn't. No, it's absolutely It's like not. Ben Franklin or something. Yeah. Um, I've, read, I've read enough of the Bible to know that God helps those who help themselves would never in the Bible. No. <laughs> Although I think there's a very high percentage of, of probably Australia, definitely Americans, but probably Australians who believe that that's in the Bible. Yeah. Oh, because most of them have never actually read it. Like, and I don't know. I don't know how you could read, yeah. get all the what way through the- that book and not realise it's complete garbage. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, I, I, hang on. I, I, I'm not sure how you could read the, the Gospels and go yeah. uh, and, not, and not be like, if I believe in Jesus, Jesus is pretty clear about helping yeah. the poor and vulnerable and refugees. And putting them first. You know, if you're a rich person, sell everything you have and and, and, and devote yourself to helping, you know, the, your fellow person, um, particularly the weak, the vulnerable. You know, the, the what is it? The blessed of the meek. Um, it's pretty hard to see that as consistent with his prosperity doctrine. And if you're reading the Old Testament, I, I don't understand how anybody reads that and thinks, yeah, God's good. Mm. I like yeah, this he God. Sounds- this God. This God character is pretty nice. Seems like a real cool guy. <laughs> yes. So... What was I listening to? I was, oh, I saw YouTube the other day. Do you know who Lindsay Ellis is? I do not. She's a, I don't know, a cultural critic of things. Uh, first of all, she, she did an excellent series on the, um, on what the hell happened to the Hobbit films, uh, which is definitely worth having a watch. Mm. Like how 
what what happened to turn them into the schmozzle they are, and also what it did to New Zealand. Like, because you know how New Zealand changed all of their mm. um, their their industrial relations laws to pander to the studio that wanted to. That's right. Didn't you know wanted to get rid of the unions? Yep. Yep. Yeah, there's a bunch of horrible shit that happened to New Zealand because of because of those films. Not Lord of the Rings, but the Hobbit yeah. ones that they did afterwards, and the whole tale of that is really anyway. So it popped up in the YouTube because if you've watched something once, obviously YouTube thinks she wants to keep watching it forever. And she got cancelled the other week. And she got cancelled because she posted something about an anime comparing it with another, with Avatar. Like the Disney, there's a Disney Disney movie about a dragon and comparing it with Avatar The Last Bender or something in such a way that it was, it was portrayed as being that she was being disrespectful of Asian filmmakers, which... Reading the tweet, I mean, it, it was it wasn't a bunch of Asian filmmakers criticizing her. It was a bunch of <laughs> the kind of the kind of white liberals in America who make everything worse for, for their family. Yeah, um, it for all of us. Oh yeah. shit, man! Have you? Yeah, pick, picking the wrong battles and doing it anyway. But mm. so they dug back through everything she'd ever done um, as part of this. Like, this isn't her first offense. And one thing she'd done was be critical of the. Do you remember, like in the two thousands, DreamWorks did a film of. Exodus, like they they did an, an animated thing called The Prince of Egypt. Yes, had a pretty it pre- had a pretty banging opening number. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, she made some criticism of that, and then she'd been portrayed as anti-Semitic. But I think she'd made a remark about because one obviously one of the plagues is God literally kills all the firstborn of Egypt. Mm. Do you remember this? I don't know. Yes. Yep. No, that's yeah, it's one of the plagues. Yep. Not not only just God. Yeah, he doesn't just like send out locusts and make the river blood and all the rest of it. He he or like God literally. Kills all these babies. <laughs> must have really struggled for God. It must have been real tough for God to assemble all the Infinity Stones at once. It must have taken him ages. <laughs> That's right. God came down. Put on the gauntlet, clicked his fingers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and retired to another planet. Had to throw Jesus into that uh, off the cliff or whatever to, to get the soul stone. <laughs> that, that's what the sacrifice was. Yeah, that's it. That's why. That's him dying for our that's, sins, so we can bring him back. Yeah, that's right. He didn't sacrifice Jesus for us. He sacrificed it to get the soul yeah, stone. Yeah, that's it. That's why he did it. Yep. See, we're all silly now. Oh, damn it. Oh. It all checks out now. So anyway, the point there being going back is like, I don't know how. I feel like we learnt about Exodus in you know mm. as kids, and I'm just thinking back like how do they teach that bit? Because that's some pretty oh, yeah. R-rated horrific. It's like crap. They, they, they kind of like, brush it over. You have to because they've got to fudge through yeah, that. They, well, at school, I mean, uh, this is an, uh, another thing that's like really upsetting. I remember in primary school we had a lot more religion than, and like it was a public school. We we did we spent more time on religion. Like we had one. Was it one afternoon of religion a week or something? Than we did on indigenous culture. Like we, all the stuff we really did about indigenous culture at primary school was kind of like, oh look, they wear clothes and do corroborees or whatever. Like that was kind of it. There was no, there was not that much of it, but there was plenty of religion. That's the crazy thing. When you say religion, do you mean religion or do you mean Christianity? Uh, it was mostly Christianity. I mean, there was, I think later in high school, but it was kind of like. Christian or other, like if you were an other, you just go to a different room. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay, right. So there wasn't any. Yeah. So I have, I have no issue with public school, the public school system teaching history, religion, as in yeah. religion is a giant. Yeah, it's like mm. it's a giant sociological force around the world. It is pretty important that by the time you you know finish grade nine, you should understand 
the general premise of Christianity and Islam and mm. Judaism and Hinduism and Confucian. I don't know. Does but Confucianism they, count as a actual religion? Anyway, Buddhism. You should look the world, the major world religions. Yeah, they do teach. It's funny because they teach Greek mythology and they teach Norse mythology a little bit. Like you learn a little bit about that. In that, it, isn't this isn't this a crazy part of history that they believe this? But also. God's a thing. Like we've got, like it's like they teach one as they teach the Christian religious as uh, religion as fact, but then they teach a. We learn a little bit about. I don't think we ever did Hindu religion, but I, I remember specifically doing subjects on Norse and Greek mythology and history and stuff, and being like, huh, "Was it this a crazy time to be alive?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those those ludicrous. I mean, I mean, we believe God became a human being and then uh, was killed and then rose and wandered. Yeah, but you know, yeah. But they believe that this young guy with blonde hair and a hammer is responsible for thunder. But we all know it's an old guy with grey hair that makes the thunder. <laughs> what silly duffers. And like they think the Greeks thought that it was a big a guy, old guy with white hair that made the thunder and lightning. But he spoke a different language. And his son was half human and really hot. Yeah, that's right. And 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 Zeus fucks. <laughs> yeah, Zeus, yeah, he did a bit of effort. He effed yeah. a lot, but our god, our god didn't. He just like ineffably yeah, just made Mary time. pregnant somehow. He just did one sneaky major trip. Yeah, but he didn't turn into a human, like into a swan yeah. or whatever. He, he... <laughs> How did the swan thing make any sense? I don't even know. Seriously, it's religion crazy. is odd. Anyway, I have no. I, I look. I feel like I feel like each religion should be taught by adherents of that religion. They should go like get you know, a week or two to have a go and <laughs> to like explain it with with other people in the you know with the teacher in the room to make sure they don't go too crazy. But they should all have a shot. Like, and I feel like that would be the best um, inoculation against religion anyway. Like, I feel like this podcast is just this week has been a little bit a little bit unsympathetic to religious people. I have no no issue with people having a like any kind of cosmology, any kind of view yeah. about. The universe is kind of religion because we can't prove it. But the, but then there's a difference between asserting certain things are fact, like God definitely did this, and being a bit hazy about. Well, I think yeah. it was probably this, which that's the difference between I guess religion. religion I, and I suppose my my issue. Uh, look, I'm a I, I'm a big fan of everyone having their own personal faith as long as it's sort of starts and stops with just your own personal beliefs and not. I'm going to take my personal beliefs, and I think that the world, the, the way we organise our country and its resources, should adhere to what I believe. I do feel that if you had proper religious education, it would make the the point would become apparent and pretty hard to avoid. That it doesn't really make like none of these really make more sense than the other, and it's pretty hard to pick pick one and then be like, no, I'm absolutely certain this yep. is right. I feel like a lot of I I would, I would think if you if you tried to work out. What percentage of the world, if you did, if you surveyed them of the religious world, believe the religion that was their parents' religion or the dominant religion in their country, it would be you know ninety five plus percent. And what what does that demonstrate? What that demonstrates is that people aren't looking at all the different options and picking the one that, that makes sense to them. People are either choosing between. They're going, mm. well, I want to be. I'm either an atheist and I'm convinced that there's no such spiritual plane, or I believe that there's a spiritual plane. And this is the explanation for the spiritual plane that I've been exposed to the most. And so then you get things like Pascal's Wager, which is, you know, oh, well, you might as well believe in a religion because, well, if you're wrong, then mm. when you die, oh, no, no harm, no foul. It doesn't make a difference if, you just, if there's nothing. Whereas if you don't believe in a religion and, and there is a God, then you might be damned for all eternity. So, you know, might as well believe. That's Pascal's Wager. Mm -hmm. But it only works if there's a binary. And also the, the binary is quite so brutal as that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. as soon as you realise that there's... 
the number of religions out there and you genuinely give each of them an equal shot. I mean, there's a re- there's a reason why, you know, religions are pretty much, there's a dominant religion of a country and then the other religions yeah. in that country are mainly groups yeah. that travel from countries where it was the dominant religion in that country. Yeah. <laughs> there are conversions, but it's, it's kind of on the fringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family groups and communities, yeah. They're not the bulk. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, yeah, if, if you're exposed to that, because I mean, I genuinely think that that's probably how I came to be an atheist. Like, if you ask either of my parents, they'll both say that they believe in God. They never made any mention of it growing up. Like, I was surprised when I asked them yeah, when I was a bit older and they, they said that. I was like, really? Because they never mention it. They never bring it up. And that's kind of how I, like, I've been exposed to it. Like, you know, growing up in the small rural town that I was, friends would, you know, you'd go stay at a mate's place on Saturday night and sometimes you'd go to church with their family. So you go to all the different churches and hear the small differences or whatever. And then in school, they teach you the Norse mythology and, you know, all the other stuff. And that is kind of how I came to it. Like, I didn't have that background of going, no, this is the right way. And then being exposed to other stuff and then me having to get mentally go, no, nah, that's all wrong. That's all wrong. My way's right. I had no like real religious education early on, like until you know primary school I did, but I I was too ADHD. I don't think I was paying attention anyway. I was throwing stuff across the room, being a, an animal. Um, and I think that's it. I was just I, my my parents kind of just left me to decide myself, and I don't think there was any other way I could have come up with it. Like once, like I think that sort of proves your point in some way that if you do just leave people, expose them a little bit educate them in some way, I don't think you can come up with any other answer, really. Well, I'm happy for them, you know, give a turn to each of the religions. But you become, mm. what you would see pretty quickly is that, absolutely, first of all, they can't all be right. They're mutually incompatible. Mm. But they're all, they all have equally the same argument for them. I would love to believe that there was, you know, for a while I was religious um, when I was sort of at school, but because uh, I really wanted to believe that there was, I don't like the idea of just dying and that's the end of it. I want there to be life after death. Mm. I'd, like, I'd like there to be some kind of compassionate, you know, well, the problem is that the, the very idea of there being a creator is, is that there, you've really got to just hope that they're really good and ineffably good. Which there's not really any yeah. reason for believing that's the case, because otherwise you've got a, like mm. an, an omnipotent tyrant, which is horrific. Which is mm. which is what the ACL and scum I believe, and they believe in a tyrant who's like, I'm making some people gay, and then I'm going to punish them for all eternity for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God's a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've made I put people in poverty, and they can all die horribly. Sucked in, you losers. Like Thank God's horrible. Yeah. And I think I think that the fact that they, their God is horrible and they they seem totally okay with it. Yeah, yeah, it's like pretty well, good indication that they're pretty horrible. Like they're monsters. What, what's the whole thing? You know, they used to have like pictures of of, of people and their pets that looked alike. It's made, people and their gods are alike. <laughs> like if you're an asshole, your god's going to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but yeah, I just I couldn't get over the I couldn't get over the sense that I was fooling myself. That look, you know, I was just believing it because I wanted it to be true. But that doesn't mean that it is true. And then the more you look at it and you go, everybody who's got a religion has already got the skills they need to be sceptical of religion because they're sceptical of every other religion. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there's 100 religions in the world, they're sceptical of 99 of them. It's yeah. just a matter of them applying those same tests that they apply to the other 99 to the one. Yeah, yeah. Just that's it. Just just asking the same question one time of, of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, great. And I, don't want, I don't want there to not be a god. I want there not to be a god that's a tyrant. But I just, I could not get over the feeling that I was just fooling myself. And then when you look at the people who use religion in pu- public life to do great harm, like Scummo. 
Yeah. It's it's not a very good selling point. I, I have to say, progressive Christians, I just feel like, yeah, every time the ACL pops up and says, we speak for Christians, this is what the Christians around the country believe. I feel like... I feel like it's ever more important progressive Christians to set up their own counter to the ACL yeah. and start fighting them because those assholes are misrepresenting you so badly. Oh, absolutely. And I know it's really hard because it probably is the case that the ACL probably does represent a majority position because, you know, religion is an inherently conservative thing. An organisation of, of those forms, I suppose, that, that, you know, that, that capitalist way that churches run where they're trying to get more money and ever expand, yeah, it does... I, I feel like that way of doing it does inevitably lead, like, tent, lend itself to that that conservative sort of mindset. Yeah, you know, it is all about getting more money. It is all about like looking after its own organization and expanding its influence. I think like that that just definitely sort of lends itself to the way conservatives think. It trains people to to consider. So they they're all donating time and effort and money, but it encourages the belief that doing that to the church is a, is in of itself a good. Mm. into the organisation rather than externally. Yeah, because it's the same. It's like they think that their religion, their, their organisation is the only one that can really do good. They're the only ones that are really going to save other people. It's the same way uh, Scientology works. They think that they're the only ones with the knowledge to to save humanity. And so that's why they've. It's it's the only right thing to do is give them all your time and money because they're the only ones that can do it. Yeah, and you can justify a lot if you think if you think you're saving somebody from eternal torment. You can justify an awful lot. Pretty much anything. In fact, yeah. you could argue, you can you can convince yourself you're the moral one. Yeah. If you genuinely believe that you know the alternative that the alternative to what you're pushing is eternal torment, then it's immoral not to try and pers- and to yeah. save people. Yeah, and that and 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 eternal torment is such a big thing that it outweighs almost everything. Like. You know, like you could go, oh, one, you know, someone, like someone's starving to death. Okay, that's starving for a short time. Eternal torment, starving for eternity, that's so much worse. So you can morally, you can use that to morally justify literally anything because it's, you're up against eternity. So I feel like when somebody who has the beliefs that Scummo has and is quite overt about believing that there is a connection between his private religion and like election results, mm-hmm. that he thinks, like, it's not just he, he has a religion and he's in power. He thinks God put him there to do stuff. Mm. So, A, that would be worrying if it was just, you know, giving primacy to religious people or whatever. But given the stuff that... Scummer hasn't actually done the religious privilege stuff. He kind of got pushed out of that. They haven't got that through. Mm. Um, nor has he given LGBTI people protection from being sacked by organisations they work for. But he, he's kind of sort of stalled on that. So really, all that Scummo has done has been brutalise the poor, brutalise refugees, and give money to the rich. Mm. And and that means that he, we've got somebody who's the prime minister who genuinely believes that that's what God wants. What, that's what he does. Those are the principles, and and mm. that means that there'll be more of that. That means that that's that's not a that's not a sort of a temporary you know the ends justify the means thing. That's not that he's doing it because we need to do it for something else. It's mm. that he literally thinks that's a good thing. He yeah. thinks that's what God wants. So yep. that's terrifying. And the ongoing consequences don't matter to him because he believes that this life isn't actually that important anyway. Like that the world is going to end soon. 
Um, there's going to be a rapture. The world's going to end. And so th- he's not really that worried. Like, that's why there's been no actual Oh, yeah, climate like climate change. change. Yeah, that's there's so much. And all like the poor starving because he thinks that the eternity, that the next stage is so much more important. Who really cares what happens here? Like, that's why there's no forethought. That's why he doesn't care about the, what the world's going to be like for his kids because he genuinely believes that in a few years, uh, his kids are going to be with him in heaven after the rapture, like living in, uh, living in uh, you know, Golden pleasure times forever. Forever. Well, it's it's worse than that. They're, they're, like, it's not just that they, the people with that um, rapture belief, don't care about what happens to the earth. They actually care um, the other way. They actually want there to be great disasters and apocalypses, and they they, they want because they, they they think that that's what will get caught when the, that'll make the end times happen, and that makes Jesus return. Yeah. So they do stuff to deliberately try and provoke the end of the world in the hope that it will give them the end of the world because the end of the world's a thing they actually want. It's deranged. Yeah. It's worrying. They want to be the ones alive when it happens. <laughs> in, in a way, like they want to be the ones here to see it. Yeah, well, it depends on what kind of weird rapture thing you've got. Like, you've mm. got the bunch, the ones, you know, the, the left behind people who think that they're going to get raptured up if they believe the right way. Mm. And then the earth is going to suffer, you know, I don't know, seven years, 14 years, something of torment. I think they'd quite like to avoid the torment part. Mm. They just want to be, they just want to be around until they get raptured. Yeah, yeah, just till they get, yeah, until they get there. Yep. That's all they want. Oh. And that's, all right. Well, let, let's, and, and look, I don't, I'm not, I, I think there are legitimate rights to believe in religion, and I'm not, you know, people, I, I, it's not like I have the answers. I'm not proposing that that you, people are silly if they don't, if they have a religious belief, and I don't want that to be mm. how this podcast episode came across. Because I get that it came across a little bit more critical of yeah. religious <laughs> belief, and that's just because. Look, if if I'm not trying to argue anybody else out of it, I, I'm genuinely curious if there is a counter. Because if because what it seems to me is this is where I am. I I think that. There's a couple of arguments that to me seem overwhelming. One is the, the idea that God, if God's real, oh, this one really gets me. The idea that if God's real, God's gone, I'm giving you the power of reason. Like, I created you, so every power that you have is, mm. is from God. You've got the power to reason. And then in relation to the fundamental question of which whether I exist or not, just got to guess. I want you guess to right. ignore it. Yeah, I want you to. I'm going to give you all these Take tools, and I want you to ignore all of them uh, when deciding if I exist or not. Yeah, yeah I want you to yeah. use none and which, of which, them. And which of the many, mm. which of the many religions that I got am aware exist on Earth? Mm. I'm not giving you any way of determining between them. Yeah. No. Just go with your gut. Yeah. Just get, and yeah. if you're wrong, I, eternal torment. Like, that's fucked. <laughs> and, and not every religion has eternal torment as mm. the, the thing, but every religion is like. No, no, you've got to take it on faith, which is bizarre. Why would a God create us, give us the power to reason, and then go and try and guess right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's like, it. I mean, it doesn't. Wouldn't it make more sense to, you know, prove your existence? And then if people still go the other way, then they're the ones who deserve, deserve torture. Like, you know, they, you know, like if you prove you're real and prove that, you know, this is the right way to live, you know, this, you got to follow my way. But here's the actual proof. And then people choose the other way. Uh, choose to go outside that, then that might be a legitimate reason to punish them. I mean, not that it is, but you know, that could be. Well, it wouldn't be because yeah. even even then, yeah. yeah, even then, it's like I'm a tyrant. Do what I want, yeah. or you be punished. Like that's yeah. not not do not you'll be punished if you do things that hurt other people. It's mm. if you just don't follow my rules, <laughs> you'll be punished. Like if you like yeah. that's. If you don't, that's if you horrible. don't make your wife go and sit outside when she's on a period, <laughs> like make her go live in another shack for seven days or whatever it is, uh, then you've got yeah. to go. Yeah, well, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. So I find that I find that one pretty hard, mm. and and like the idea that there is a god that just made went no guess mm. that seems pretty weird to me. And then just simply just the 
the fact the the simple fact that if there is a god if if any of these religions is why, are right then they're basically then then their god is then god then if, if any religion is right then god is perfectly happy with all the people elsewhere in the world just suffering for eternity because they were born in the wrong place and guessed wrong yeah yep they were told the wrong thing from the start yep yeah it's pretty like that's it's pretty cruel and unusual and pretty weird and twisted and seems something much more like a uh, a, f- a flawed human would think up rather than an omnipotent <laughs> being with the power of creation <laughs> you know like it does sound like you know yeah. when you explain it that way it, it makes a whole lot more sense um, I don't think I don't think Morrison likes the attention on his religion, and I think he's intentionally. I think he, I, yeah, I don't think like because um, I mean, didn't the speech that came out? Someone else filmed it and released it. Like he wasn't the one. I, I don't think he wants to. I don't think he would have liked that. So the thing that Morrison yeah. wants is he wants he and the ACL. They want to be able to talk to their people. Mm. They want their people hearing the things they're saying. They want to be firing them up. They want to be encouraging them. They want them to be growing. They want them to be out there building their communities and yep. so forth because they're, they're the communities that are allowed it's not the communities of people who join together to fight a form of oppression against themselves you know on a based on a shared characteristic it's called identity politics mm. but when churches yeah. when religious people form a group that's holy and wonderful and should be yeah. encouraged so he's talking to them he wants them to listen now occasionally that gets out to the rest of us which we're not meant to yeah. hear it but i think that they think that on balance it's better to it, it, the, that he does more good to himself politically building that connection with a with a base yeah. than he loses but from us because the rest of us who aren't religious he's still doing fine like well after all of the horrific uh, abusive women stuff mm. that, the, that he, his party went through recently they've just sailed through yeah. it they there's you know no talk the, of that the, anymore no the swinging voters are like the male swinging voters are like oh i don't care mm. and the female swinging voters are like oh i don't like it but he does just give me tax yeah. cuts yeah yeah that's it and that's that's the australian public yep. right now so he I think he figures that it's not a plus and they'd like this to move on, but it's not going to stick. And they can still, they've got plenty of fellow travellers in the media who'll be just like, it's his private religion, stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, there's enough of that. Yeah. yeah, he can get the benefit yeah, of having a... he can sail con- through it. Yeah. yeah. He, gets, he gets it good both ways. And if you're going to have a base, a base that meets every Sunday morning mm. and has strong community connections like they've got there that's an organized that is a handy base to have oh, yeah. election time that, and, and a base that genuinely believes that the the fate of the world is on, on on the line and rests with their particular group to save you know yeah yeah i think that he he doesn't yeah i think i think like when you were saying before sorry about you know how he's doing all the conservative stuff you know giving the tax breaks and, and doing all that but he hasn't actually done much like he's sort of just left the um the religious discrimination stuff to the side for now i think that's because he knows that if the further he dives into that, the more that his religion will come into play. And the one thing he doesn't really want is the greater... Like, he relies on the ignorance of the greater population to think that he's just a normal run-of-the-mill Christian, like their, their neighbour or themselves or whatever. He doesn't want, you know, really getting out there or the media or anyone delving too deeply into his particular religion. They don't, like, that's why they... Not until there's more of them. Yeah, not until there's Not until it's not them. just him and Brother Stewie. And, yeah, when, when they've got the numbers, mm. then it's Gilead. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, but but they're not. They they don't think they're there quite yet. So they're being a bit more. You know, they're talking to each other about how they're getting there, but they're not talking to us about it. Yeah. They would rather we didn't notice. Yeah, well, I mean that's it. Like the you know the until they get that critical mass, you know, uh, the, the yeah they'll they'll stay they'll lie low as long as they can. How dare you criticize me for my religion? It's oppression, oppression. <laughs> You're oppressing our ability to oppress other people, and that is not on. No. 
So anyway, you might, might have heard in the background that uh, now all of my children are awake, yep. so we might, might wind it up in a moment. I did want to just hit briefly on, <laughs> oh God, labour is shit two corner, with two particular stories from this week. One is what we, why don't we touch on, <laughs> I mentioned the Biloela kids earlier. Did you see that Christina Keneally flew out there? She had to get her own flight because Dutton spitefully cancelled her. Dutton wouldn't let her. Yeah. yeah. But did, did you see she went out there? Because he's a cool there? guy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did see she went out there and um, she's appalled by it. Uh, and look, you know, I agree with her being appalled by it and I agree that they should be uh, brought back into that Billy Willow community immediately. But, I mean, I don't, I still I still don't think that maybe her... Like, you know, she hasn't... I think uh, was it you that told me she still hasn't hasn't said that the whole... Uh, the original uh, refugee program, or, you know, the turning back boats and all that. I think she's still fine with detention in general. 100%. Her particular family that... Yeah. 100%. Her Guardian article was like, this is all fine. I, I, I'm being very clear that I support what we do to people in, these, <laughs> in their situation. I'm just saying this particular family, because they've got cute kids, we, you know, why don't we exercise our discretion in this one that everybody knows about? But otherwise, I'm fine with the rest of the program. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as, off, yeah, the, yeah, I think her issue, her issue is I think she thinks the mistake that was made is that they were giving given names and faces and and people like you know heard that they were actually people and couldn't pretend that they were just faceless immigrants you know stealing jobs or whatever like you know as soon as you put a name and a face in a community behind them yeah then all of a sudden oh no I care now we yeah. we in labour uh, just want this thing to be held a long way away where you don't hear about it, where we can't be shouted at too much about it. Uh, we don't really care if they're being brutalised, but um, when you find out about it, then fine. We probably agree with those people coming out. Mm. But we'll do everything in our power to make sure you don't find out about it, and we're happy to help the government do that. <laughs> we're but happy to let out. <laughs> just, Ugh. yeah. The, the only people that counts are the ones that you know about. Yeah. I, I, I still think that, I don't know, I, look... Um, probably be a little bit more sympathetic to Labor than, than I, they probably deserve. I do think that some of them really don't, you know, probably wouldn't agree with the program, but I think that, or, you know, the way it's been handled, but I think that they just think it's such a, a an election loser for them. I think, I still think they're too scared. Like, I, I don't actually think Christina Keneally really would back, like, really genuinely thinks that you know, the way that things have been handled is a good idea. But I think she's so scared of, of disagreeing with that. Like the Labor are so cowed, like they, they've lost that argument so clearly with, but they're so scared that that's an election loser that they can't afford to, to criticise it even for a second. Otherwise, they're going to lose the next 10 or I think that's how they think. I, I really think that they've, I don't know, like some of the people in there. I, I think that's think actually their excuse. Up. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I think I think that's their excuse. I'd, I, I would note, I'd note in relation to Christina that keep in mind that her attack on Dutton um, she, where they thought they'd, they'd come up with something clever was to attack Dutton from the right. No. Yes, he's cruel to boat people, but he's not cruel enough to people coming on planes. Yeah, okay. Like, they actually thought they could outflank the libs on the right, Yeah. I, which is idiotic as well as nasty. That was Christina okay, entirely. Yeah. I don't, okay, I didn't hear that. That's fucked up. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, look, the extent to which, look, they, they feel that they can't do anything else, whether we should be sympathetic to that, no. Mm. Like, their job... Their job is to advocate for better yeah, policy. Absolutely, yeah. What they're doing, first of all, it's obviously immoral. It means that they vote for cruelty to refugees. They support cruelty to refugees. They give the libs cover on cruelty to refugees. They regularly argue for it. Mm. They argue for the the government position to make themselves so that, you know as if like we can persuade. Maybe we can persuade our our voters that it's fine. So they actually reinforce this yeah. line. They don't. They're not just failing to fight it. They actually make it harder to change. So that's bullshit. But it's also 
even from their perspective of being like, well, we need, it's what we need to do to have power, it's politically dumb because yeah. Yeah. you're seeding an argument that they can keep hitting you with. Yeah. They can always, Peter Dutton and Scott Morrison are always happy to do some new additional cruelty. Mm. And you you are either harming yourself and further alienating yourself from your supporters by going along with it, or the libs will just go, look, they don't care about boat people invading us. And you can't even argue no, it anymore because done. you've yeah. seeded all of their arguments. You've already agreed to everything. Yeah. Mm. So if you are a political party, that you need to be able to stand up. And if, if, if Labor can't do this, then they can, should fuck off and let somebody else be in parliament yeah. who, who will. Yeah. We don't need a party that is just going to repeat LNP lines on this mm. shit. I'm not voting for a party who does no. that. What's the point of them? I really hate now how this idea that, you know, what people really want is bipartisanship. And I think Labor are doing a bit of that now where they're like, no, 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 we're trying to reach across the aisle. We're trying to be bipartisan. We're trying to um, work with the government. And then they still like pick some, they cherry pick some arguments where they're like, no, no, on this we're going to take a stand. But we think that people in general want uh, the parties to get along. They absolutely don't. Tony Abbott proves that years ago. He went hard at everything. He had no regard. And and he literally really didn't pay... That's not what what lost him the election. Like you know, what lost him his his spot in the job. Like he didn't really ever pay a price for no. that. And if, if anything, it's it's only done them good that they've they've just gone all out. They've made no effort for anything bipartisan. They take all the hits. All you know, anytime they get a chance to take uh, to to launch a hit at Labor, they do it. They're not playing. Oh well, you know what? On this, we do agree with Labor. They're not doing that at all. They're always just like, nah, Labor are wrong. They're dumb. They're idiots. We're not agreeing with them. Anything, and that's and that's what people. I think that's what people want. I think people don't really want. People aren't going to vote, and because La- it never gives Labor a chance to get their point across no. to fight their 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 perspective. If they're just always going, yeah, look, we agree on some points, but here's how we do it slightly differently. That's not enough for people to change. No, it's not enough for people to, to get behind. La- Labor wins elections when they move the centre. They move the, the you know the swing voters to the left. They persuade them that a progressive position is the one that's best yeah. for them. You can't do that while trying to be. Small type. I mean, you just have to look at the 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 success the conservatives have had, and it's by their people are constantly fighting. They are pushing in every way they can. They're pushing towards the the far right Mm -hmm. position. They never let up. They push. They push. They push. They push. They don't win every fight, but they push. They push. They push, and it gradually shifts in that direction. You don't have you you don't have to win every argument to do it. They never apologize. They never give ground. Yeah. They never apologise. They never backstep. At at no point with all the all the Britney Higgins stuff and all the all the you know the the their issues with women that came out like a, a month ago. They he never once really went. You know what? We have really fucked this up. We need to really actually genuinely fix yeah. what we do. They've always gone. Oh look, there there might be some issues, but he we're, we're going to fix it. Like we we're going to fix it. Like things are fine. Like you know, don't look over here or whatever. They've never gone. Yeah, fuck. We yeah we've and but Labor are doing that every second. They're like, oh yeah, we were wrong on that. We got to you know now we agree with them now. Like let's get it. Let's get involved. Like it's because all it does really is bolster support for them. Yeah, they think they think they buy themselves credibility by agreeing with their opponents and that a fair minded. It's West Wing brain. Strongly recommend people have listened to the um, yeah it absolutely the, the Dave is. Anthony podcast uh, on uh, the the West, on the West Wing thing. I think it's just called the West Wing thing, which is basically just pointing out why yeah. how the the whole West Wing approach, this this sort of centrist bullshit, where you know the great achievement is getting a bipartisan thing, where you've got the same number of Republicans as Democrats on a committee. Like while the Republicans are like, no fuck you, we'll just go, we'll, we'll take every advantage we can. It just pushes things in the to the side of the people who are not giving any ground every time. And the West Wing brain that like mm. that's some kind of achievement when you give the people who hate your guts and want to destroy everything you, you hold dear. If you give them ground, 
then mm. then you're you know you're winning yep. credibility and morality and people will respect you for it. No, they don't. They just think you're a fucking idiot. It's it's anyway. Yep. They do. The, yeah. the West Wing thing podcast is worth listening to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it is a good time. I love Dave Anthony. But um, yeah, like in Australia, we're never going to vote for a coward. No, that's right. And, and, and the bottom line is politics is the art of, of persuading people that your approach is the correct one mm. and it's the way to go. Like seating where you need to, but only in, in terms of, of, you know, if you're not in politics to pu- push for what you think is the best way for the country to go forward, what are you fucking doing there? Yeah. And if you are pushing for that then seeding the opposite doesn't ever gain you anything. It doesn't help move it in the order in the direction you want it to. Mm. You're useless. Yep. There's no point in you being there. No, yeah, that's it. Oh, and, and the other thing, like, talk, talking of, talking of, did you, have you seen that? We didn't mention this, but, oh, there's an election tomorrow. <laughs> Saturday morning, uh, there's a, a, an election in Tasmania. And I just wanted to quote this. So uh, th- this, is the, this is the choice that Tasmanians have if, they vote, if they're insisting on voting for the Liberals or the Labor Party. The Liberals want to reintroduce protest laws. Sick. But on the other hand, Labor wants jail terms of up to two years for serial protesters, aggravated trespass laws for protesters who endanger themselves or others, along with four additional workplace standards to reduce workplace invasions, and a new northern prison to be located outside the town of Westbury. Mm, Jeremy, you know, Jeremy, that sounds there's a real choice there. <laughs> Jeremy, that sounds a lot like any protest, uh, which you know is pretty. You know, it's pretty. You know, Labor hate protests and unions. We all know that. <laughs> like what? <laughs> well, apparently they do. Yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's it's literally if you want your democratic right to protest, I guess you have to vote green in Tasmania tomorrow because the state Labor and the state yeah. Liberals are, are both fighting to be uh, to crush dissent the most. Yep. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's so funny, Jeremy. I think I mentioned to you in a, in a message the other day that I've been listening to um, Van Danham, uh, sorry Van Badham's podcast. Um, uh, the week she has a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Her and her, her partner um, have uh, the week on Wednesday, and you know, like parts of it. You know, being a socialist, parts of it I definitely agree with or whatever. But the the real like labour championing through all it, you know, being saying that they're champions of of uh, unions and stuff like that. They were they were very uh, going very strongly, um, you know, in the lead up to the, the Tasmanian election. Just on this week's episode, sort of you know, championing very strongly Labor's pro-union values and then hearing that that's what the Tasmanian Labor are planning to do, like squash protests and throw people in jail for sticking... Like, that's... Ugh. Yeah. How, like, yeah. How, I really don't know how people could really get behind Labor. At the, and that's sad because that's... I mean, like, they are in a, in a way like our best chance of, of getting some progressive change or whatever at the moment. Like, it's... Well, not... Yeah. not yeah. Our best chance is there being that Labor... What Labor have made very clear is that our only chance of progressive change is for Labor to be forced into minority government with the Greens. Yeah, no, like the only yeah. we need we need a progressive majority, a progressive majority, but it can't be just Labor in in its own right because if it's Labor in its own right, they won't do anything. They'll just do a whole lot of right wing shit because they mm. they think it. Oh, because they've all got West Wing brain. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, like yeah. Anyway, it's thoroughly. <laughs> anyway, I. <laughs> I mean, those are two things. You can't Keneally being like, you know, I, I, I've noticed that this person, that these are human children and human beings, and that's bad. But I can't apply this to the policy more generally. And Tasmanian Labor being like, you know, we need to make sure that it's, it's people who protest. Um, what they've got in mind is environmental protests. They need to be crushed even more brutally. Like, yeah. why? Why would? I would love Labor to be... It's not because I don't want Labor to be a progressive party. And yeah. I'm like looking for excuses to, to bash them. Yeah. It's that giving them a pass because they call themselves progressive 
yeah. no matter what they do, doesn't help anything. Doesn't, Nothing yeah. is improved Nothing's by doing changing. that. The only... And they're not winning. <laughs> they're not, yeah. No, well, that's the other yeah. thing. Like, they do all of this shit as if it's going to work, and it doesn't. Like, even on their own... like. Their calculus and what they sell us, it's like the like the um, ETS thing and where they bash the Greens for being the end, wrongly, as if they are you know only interested in the perfect and they won't negotiate, which is mm. clearly wrong. And it's also really wrong about that case because I could, I'm sure I've mentioned that we've talked about this before. But remember the ETS thing? The Greens wanted to negotiate it with Labor and Kevin Rudd said, go fuck yourselves, take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. You've got the plan that I negotiated with Malcolm Turnbull or nothing. <laughs> like Labor did not want the Greens to negotiate anything because they were playing funny politics about it. They wanted to be like, "Look, we got a thing," and the Greens didn't have anything to do with it. Like the people playing politics were Labor. Yeah, the people who refused to negotiate were Labor. Like yeah. <laughs> the idea that it's a, like it's fucking bullshit. But the the thing where even on their own terms, that you know, at least by doing these, selling out in these ways and and seeding ground these ways, we'll have the power to at least make some good, do some good things. Mm. But it doesn't work. Mm. How long do they have to keep trying this approach that even on their own metric doesn't work? It just continually fails. We've had 30 years of it not working. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's so depressing. It makes me so sad, Jeremy. I'm so mad and angry and sad. We never win. I'm... I think what I'm going to do after, you know, like watching the the few little clips of that... um, uh, What was his name? The the guy, the ACL guy on Q&A. I'm going to start... Oh, my God. You didn't... I, I want to start. You didn't have to do that. Yeah, I want to. I want to have. I want to uh, start a school for progressives that you know, like whoever, whatever training he underwent. I want the opposite of that for progressives. Yeah. yeah. I want. I want media training. Yeah, yeah. We ne- we do need that. Yeah. We need. Yeah. I genuinely. Well, what's our best? Our best advocates are what like Juice Media and things like who do those honest government like mm. that kind of profession like that. That's got that's persuasive and it travels like. Mm. But it, but you're right. You need. We need. We need better. When we have. Good advocates, like Scott Ludlam was amazing. He was fantastic. I like Scott Ludlam. Yeah, he was great. He's gone. Yeah. Yep. Sarah can be good, but obviously, you know, there, there's some room for improvement there. Mm. I just I saw Larissa Waters speak at a Greens rally in um, Brisbane, and she was incredible. She was really, really yeah, good. good. Yeah, she was a great speaker. Yeah, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's maybe politicians have a have a shelf life, and there's only so long they can before they sort of lose the 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 passion, or maybe to be able to. No, I think you're right. I think I think we need we need like a lefty equivalent of the yeah. ACL's Martin Niles training. Yeah, thing, absolutely. Where we can train people to, to like know what you're going to be hit hit with, and but also the other thing that they have as an advantage is that the like the ACL people know exactly what they're fighting for. Mm. Yeah, like uh, they're, they're not they're not seeding ground. It's not like they sometimes go, oh well, maybe if we give the gay people these rights, they fight it every every step of the way, and then when they do lose, they pretend that that well okay. You know that we we were they pretend they weren't fighting that one. They just they just go to the next one, but they seed ground, not at all. The only time they will yeah. ever be like um, accepted a change was positive is when they're trying to contrast it with the next change and say, "Look, you've already had it." You know, you know we're not unreasonable. We were okay. They will never they will never do that about a live issue. Yeah, yeah. they will never seed a live issue. No, no, no. That's it. And and I think that um I think well yeah we did we did the school we did the media training. I think we yeah like you say we need to there is a bit of non cohesion in that there's all these little different things that progressives are, you know like feel slightly varyingly different about. But I think we just need to stop worrying about the outside details and push as a whole and just not apologize, not back down, not seeing any great. Like we just have to be just as stubborn. Mm. I think it's the only way of really getting anywhere because once people hear the you know like hear the messages and hear the the the, the big points 
I think it'll be right because a lot of what people think about when I talk to you know because I, I you know I spend a lot of time in, in regional areas and stuff a lot of what people believe about the Greens and, and what they stand for and what their policies are wildly wrong from actually what the Greens policies are complete and it's yeah. like a lot of people what they actually want out of politicians and, and our government really do align with progressive things but they just have all they don't they don't have a lot of a lot of space in their brain for, for thinking about politics so they just go with the stuff they've always heard you know they think the liberal party's great with managing the economy with no regard to the fact that the economy's been dying for years and the only thing they've actually done recently the only reason the economy's doing well now is cuz they finally they were forced during the pandemic to adopt progressive policy and it worked and now they're claiming credit yeah. for it even though it worked, like they didn't want to do it. They fought it at the start of the pandemic. People forget that. They didn't want, they tried to get away with not increasing um, New Start or, or any sort of job seeker allowance. Yeah. They tried to get away with that. So we just got to stop seeding ground and just keep going. And we need, the point, back to the, and, and what you were saying about having a, a, a trading thing, we need to recognise that we're never going to get a free go. We're never going to get much time and you've got to, we've got to be ready to use it like the ACL uses it. We've got to have people who can get the punchy mm. message there quickly. Like most of the attacks on the left we know about. I think the other thing I was seeing the other day, and we don't have really time for this because children definitely need attention now, but just as a thing to think about, I think the left is always, we're really paranoid about being, about being portrayed as being like the most extremists mm. in the left. Like we don't want to be portrayed as, as you know, fringe comical nutters. Yeah. The thing is, the right doesn't actually mind their fringe comical nutters because what the fringe comical nutters give them is the ability to say, no, not to that extent. Yeah. That I'm moderate Yeah, because those people are out there. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, the ALP could use the Greens and be like, we're not as far left as them. The Greens can use people further on the left and be like, we're not as far. Like, people going further always helps. Yeah. The harder you push, the better because you can... You know, if somebody goes too far, you, you that gives you an opportunity to be like, no, no, see, we're we're much more uh, aligned with you mm. than those. Like, we're not that. Yeah, far. we're not. We're not those like, guys. It gives you a, a way to position yourself. Yeah, yeah, it gives you something. Yeah, to you can position yourself. Meanwhile, and meanwhile, those guys are breaking down the the they're ma- they're doing they're being the first people to say the stuff. Mm. Like the what the right what the left um, isn't doing when the right is is they get somebody to come out there and and make the first remarks about you know some new way to. Starve the poor, or give protect. They or they 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 have somebody come out there, and once it's said, it's not. They're not breaking ground when they then start talking it yeah, up. Yeah, like the, you need somebody who's willing to. You need the the people who are willing to go out there and push, mm. are a fucking asset. Yeah, absolutely. And they and they don't ever really try and stop more. To, you know, look. Whereas I think at the left, sometimes we do have a habit of if someone does push a little bit too far or says something that maybe doesn't fully align with you know i think i think we're harsh we're harder to our allies than we are to anybody else like if someone steps a foot a little bit out of line then we come down on them as well yeah and we, they, you know they get left out in the cold where i think we just need to be like no no yeah like like you say let them let someone push that bit further than anyone else is willing to go and then just go yeah no no look i'm maybe not quite there but and then use that as a way in to get the way you you know like what we're, what you're there to, to push for in any way. Like, you, know, yeah. you know how they think that the universities are full of lefties? Yeah. Imagine if we actually did have lefty training facilities where we are actually training people to, to fight for lefty things. Yeah. Because oh, sadly God. the universities aren't, but it would be fantastic no. if we had them. In, in my lot of work, Jeremy, the, the, progress, like the progressives in my lot of work, which you do need university qualifications to do, are few and far between. And when we, when we talk, it's in huddled whispers and you're like, you know what's bad? 
Capitalism. Don't tell anybody else. We'll get shot. <laughs> They'll kick us out of this conference. We won't be able to play golf today. What's that? <laughs> Were any of you people saying, did I hear somebody saying that housing should be affordable? Yeah. Get out no, of this company. No, no, we didn't. Uh, no, no, we, no. Banks are great. Banks are great. Love banks. Banks are sick. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> no, no, we're You'd- speculative investors. Let's have more of them. More. You know what we need? More people owning all the houses. Well, yeah. fewer people owning more yeah. houses. Yeah. 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 More people without houses at all. Yeah. That's all it. right. Well, I, I, let, let's wind it up because I, I now have multiple children sitting on it. Yes. Um, and no we will thank you for coming back to the podcast. We're, we're, now, it's a bit late to promote your, your comedy festival shows, but how can people find you and keep in touch with, with uh, what people you're People can doing? find me. I've had a slight change of uh, Instagram name because uh, my podcast is about to undergo a little bit of a sneaky change. So my podcast was, is Car Crash. It's still this called Car Crash, and it will always be called Car Crash. And it was about trying to get my comedy career back on track, and we travelled to the Melbourne and the Adelaide Comedy Festival as part of that. Um, so we've kind of finished up that, uh, I suppose, season in a way we've had a break of a couple of weeks we're rejigging things um so we're about to launch the next stage of it um which i probably i can't talk about too much right now because we're starting we're kicking it off this weekend and it's going to be a big event but now you can find me on instagram at nick car official um rather okay. than it used to be car crash pod so now at nick car official uh if you want to follow if people want to follow me there uh, i'm always doing shows if you're in around brisbane or the gold coast there's lots of shows i'm on there i'm doing another dusty riches comedy circus on the 29th of may um, that's always a lot of fun. It's always pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm easy to find. I'm easy to find. I've got some cool stuff coming up. Yeah, get on the pod because it's a it's a really fun pod. The people that listen to it love it. So it's just getting more people to listen to it. It's like any good podcast. It's getting more people to listen to it. Yeah, is the issue. It is important to have people enjoy it. Like yeah. you don't want to have a podcast where you keep on talking about really depressing shit and people are halfway through are like, oh, I don't know, it's getting me down. <laughs> Can't like, do imagine, this. imagine a podcast like that. <laughs> imagine imagine recording. And uploading a podcast <laughs> about depressing shit. Yeah, it'd be brutal, man. It'd be hard to stomach. Yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be. It might also be one of my favourites. Yeah. Oh. Now, well, thank you to all our Patreon supporters for keeping the podcast going. We 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 are trying. It's just been a bad month. It's very complicated mm. things. And look, hopefully the the various look. I just went ahead to suss it. Was like fine. They can. He can be driving his little fire truck next to the microphone i'm sure that's still a decent quality podcast with fire truck noises <laughs> and rocket noises and requests yeah. for lollies and you know it's that's <laughs> all the best podcasts have that yeah thank you uh, so yeah anybody anything hopefully we didn't come out as being a bit in any way certain on the, on the religious topic what, what, the only thing i'm certain about is that scott morrison's version is horrifying and him being yeah. in the position to implement it is deeply concerning for all of us but yeah, any, any discussion things? At Well May We Say on the Twitters. Thank you to everybody for tuning back in. Thank you, Alex Lum, for the artwork. Thank you, Robin Gray, for the music. And we will see you all. Um, look, the evil one is asking me, to, is, is in my on my shoulder telling me to say next week um, because he's the Lord of Lies. He is the Lord, yeah. <laughs> the, prin- the, the morning star, the Prince of Deceit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll see you all next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Until the next adventure!